0: Hey everyone, welcome back to You Asked For It, a podcast uh, from pastors where we are just trying to answer your questions about life and Christianity um, and just what you face in this world that's that's difficult for you. Uh, We have a question today that is an interesting one and to help everybody understand why we're talking about it. Let me give you an idea of our current context. Um, We live in Hendersonville, North Carolina, um, which many places call the retirement capital of the United States of America. Um, uh, Pastor Steve, we've talked about this, that the average age of the people who live in Henderson County is eight years older than uh, the average age of the United States. Um, And so with that, we have a lot of retirees. And with that, we have a lot of funerals Pastor Steve, how many funerals do you think you've done in your lifetime?
1: Well, I'm, I'm certain. I wished I had kept a record, but I'm certain I've done well over a thousand, because there's rarely a week here that I don't do a funeral. And you know, there've been times in recent days where I've done as many as four in one week. Often more than one, but as many as four in one week. Yeah, absolutely. And so, with that, uh, believe it or not, guys, the the number one question
0: that's been turned to, into us so far is the <laughs> question amazing. is the question that we're hitting today. It wasn't. How does God you know, do away with suffering? It was none of those things. It was this question, and I'll give it to you in three words.
1: Burial versus cremation. Go ahead. Well, we'll talk about the reason why that's the number one question in a minute. But let me just say I teach church history, and I would say if you study Christian history, that Christians have basically preferred burial because the Bible clearly in passages like 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, talks about the resurrection of the body. So that's been where we have head, headed toward. But here's a reality. If you bury a body, put it in the ground after a good bit of time, the only thing that's left is dust because Genesis three nineteen, when he was handing out the punishments, he said, from dust you came till dust you return. Hmm. And on the other hand— there are people who did not choose cremation but have no bodies to bury. Mm. You know, we had many people through the centuries that were burned at the stake. Nero yeah. used Christians as human torches in the first century. Yeah. Um, you have people lost at sea. It's interesting to me when they showed the Titanic after they found it and they went through with the little robot camera. You know, there were hundreds of people left on board, and not a single evidence of any human was there. It's, those bodies are just gone. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, Roger Williams was the founder of the Baptists. Let me tell you a funny story. He was a seeker. He, he was one of those folks you didn't take real seriously, but he founded the First Baptist Church of Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, they buried him in a small grave in a cheap wooden box. But over a 100 years later, Baptists were the largest denomination in the United States, and he had been our founder. And so the Baptists said, we've got to go and get his casket and put it under a proper large memorial that says, here lies the first Baptist in the United States. So they Mm -hmm. went to the graveyard and found that when they put Roger in that flimsy wooden crate in the ground, they had put him on top of an apple seed. So over that plus 100 plus years, the apple seed had taken root, had burst through the casket. And had sucked old Roger up. Wow. So where was Roger? I guess everybody that had a piece of the apple <laughs> had a little <laughs> bit of Roger in him. So how how is that going to be raised from the dead? And I think God, Paul gets into this in 1 Corinthians 15 when he tries to say, although we believe in the resurrection of the body, we're not talking about necessarily this set of fingers, not talking necessarily about this arm. It, it was, so list, listen to what he says in describing this in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty five. Someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. So he describes that the burial is like putting a seed in the ground, and what comes out is so much more glorious. Mm. Uh, It's connected but glorious. Hmm. So you you don't have to worry about that. To give you an analogy, suppose there were an American soldier who was over in Afghanistan during the height of the fighting and someone in front of him stepped on an IED and all of a sudden, he's lost an arm completely. His leg is dangling. They get him up. Uh, they have to get him away from there as quick as possible. They take him to uh, the nearest good hospital, perhaps in another country. And they try to save the leg but are not able to. The leg is detached there in that country. And then they send him back to the VA hospital in Asheville and where he doesn't quite make it. He struggles, but then he dies. And so they bury him in Asheville. Hmm. So he's got in. Arm in Afghanistan, say a leg in Wiesbaden, Germany, and he's got the rest of his. Is God at the resurrection going to say, pull yourself together, man"? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know that's that's not that that's not what we're talking about. The burial of the body is just the seed, but it's not the actual body that will be glorified and raised. There's a connection, but it's not the exact same. Yeah. And he goes on and talks about that.
0: Yeah, well, a scripture that we hold um, that we hold dear to our hearts as, um, as believers is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6. It says, So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by sight, um, we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And so yeah. if we are with the Lord, then we are away from we're our not, body. We're not in that body. Yeah. I mean, a great little um, little um colloquial saying, uh go this way to help us understand it. Um, it says, "'Here lies the body of old man peas, buried beneath the flowers and the trees. But peas ain't here, just the pod.' He shucked out and went to God.
1: Yeah, that was actually yeah. on a funeral stone that, <laughs> that, that somebody found. Yeah, And that's true. You, you see, our, our Seventh-day Adventist friends, friends in this town believe in something called soul sleep. They believe that when you die, your soul stays into the body until the trumpet sounds, so they would never consider cremation. Hmm. Uh, when Billy Graham died, one of their TV preachers put out a little tract and said, Billy Graham is not in heaven, and it was meant to be just a shock tactic. They believe that he's saved. They believe that uh, that he will be in heaven, but they're just saying he's not there yet. He's in, in that grave in Charlotte. Mm. Well, we believe that you're absent from the body, that I leave this body and go, and my soul is there with the Lord, mm. and it would be a whole nother theological argument to explain why in the world is God going to bother to raise the body. I would give you one just quick answer. That the reason why eventually at the second coming, he'll raise the body is to erase the last evidence that sin ever had us. Mm. When he takes the remains that are dust or in the ground or whatever they might be, and he gets rid of those, glorifies those, it, Jesus will have died to make it just as if sin had never touched me. Mm. So it'll be the, the finished work of what he won for us on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the subject of cremation versus burial. I have no problem with somebody choosing cremation because we're absent from the body. But let me explain the facts of our county once again. I had a good conversation with a funeral home director before we did this broadcast as a part of my research. And that director told me that 70 to 80% of deaths in Henderson County now end in cremation. Wow. That goes along with what I'm seeing as far as doing memorial services versus funeral services.
0: Would you say that's something that has changed maybe over the last 10 years or? Definitely. Definitely.
1: I would say that when I was here in the nineties, it was at most 30% were cremation. Now it's 80% cremation. Mm -hmm. And now the number one factor is cost.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: You know, it is very expensive to do a funeral. When you talk about the casket, the embalming, the cost of the service, you buy not only the plot, but you buy a vault, the, all the things that are involved. Uh, it can be ten to $20,000 wow. easily. And, and if you think about, say, a woman that's just lost her husband, she's on a fixed income, she has a certain pool of money that will, will not be added to the rest of her life. Mm. And if you were to take a huge chunk of that for a burial, mm. would that be a wide decision, but the funeral home director also said that it 's not just the cost difference than that is there um, but it 's also because so many people are f- in our county are from somewhere else hmm. so th- they don 't necessarily want to take a body and transfer it all the way back and the cost that would add to go back to a cemetery in Indiana or Chicago or wherever they 're from. And so uh it's easier to transport remains if they're in a, an urn or a small wooden box as, as cremated remains. Now, can I say this? As I talked to her, she explained that there were lesser expensive ways to do burial. There's something they call natural burial. And that's when you in advance tell them that you want no embalming and no vault, and that can be done. And so it, it, it's, it's, it's an option for those who say, I've got to have a burial because that's the only thing my conscience will allow me to do. They will allow you to save some money. If you've got the money to do the full thing, that there's great traditions behind it, go for it. But what you'll find is in our town, and I've only researched our town, when it comes to burying cremated remains, Uh, One particular uh, cemetery will allow two remains in one plot. So you buy Mm -hmm. one plot, get one small headstone, and put two remains in it. But there's another uh, cemetery in this town that will allow you to put eight remains in one plot. So you're not talking about buying eight plots. So so there's all kind of things. Now, I would say this. If your choice is burial, please consider prepaying for the funeral. Rather than waiting till it happens and saddling your children or your spouse with the uh, trying to figure out how this price will be paid. And many people will pay a little bit in advance each month until they've got that done as a prepayment. Now you had that experience.
0: Yeah. So my wife's, um, my wife's grandfather just passed away this past fall and uh, fall of 2021. And I mean, it was one of the most incredible things in that he and his wife. Um, had completely paid for the tombstone, the plot, the casket, everything. It cost her family $21 to bury her grandfather. And that was just for a copy of the death certificate because mm-hmm. they had planned ahead. And when he first was diagnosed with cancer, they had planned ahead and said, we don't want to burden our children mm-hmm. with this. And so they went ahead and covered it. And it was a blessing oh, to the family. That,
1: that is a blessing. Yeah. Now, if I could go further than just burial versus cremation, because I deal with families as they go through grief. Let me talk about handling the death as well as the burial. Mm -hmm. And I do know that we've got some pastors who are watching these podcasts, and if I could share with you something I do. I don't have a standard funeral sermon. I sit with the families, hear their memories. I, I get the ones who can't be there to send me memories by email. I think through the life and let the life produce its own sermon. I have Scripture. I talk about Jesus, of course, but I talk about the person. But there's something that's healing that happens in the meeting before the funeral. When we're sitting here and they're getting to bring out all those great things about the person. Recently, uh, uh, we had to cancel a funeral at the last moment because some of the members called COVID. And they called me and said, we've decided we don't need a funeral because... We felt like our closure came just sitting with mm. you, talking through those memories. But please make it personal. Yeah.
0: I've been I've been present with you for those meetings, and they really are incredible. Of where you're just you're hearing from the family, and yeah, like I said you're coming alongside them, even supporting them in that moment. Which right. like I said it prepares them for the, fu- the for and the how, funeral.
1: How many times have we been to funerals where the person's name is maybe mentioned and nothing else? Yeah, and where a standard funeral mm. sermon is used. I, I I just don't think that's right. Now. One more thing I want to say about this whole thing of grief. I think you need to prepare yourself when you've lost somebody you love that grief does not get over in a hurry. Mm. The tradition is that it takes a minimum of a year to go through the entire grief process. And the reason is... That every time you hit a milestone, when you go through Christmas, then you go through uh, Valentine's Day that's coming up, or you go through uh, the anniversary, or you go through the birthday, you, you, rem- you, it brings, it's like taking the scab off. You're remembering all those great times you had together, and it brings it back. And, and so I think you need to prepare yourself that grief is probably a process mm-hmm. that will take a full year. Uh, In fact, I think sometimes we Christians grieve even more because we lose better people. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and the hole is bigger. I heard it's like a pendulum. The the more blessed you are with the person, then the more you will hurt when they are gone. Yeah. Now, with that said, I'll share with you that I believe that one of the greatest honors I have is walking with people through grief and doing funerals. And you as a Christian can have a great role as a Christian, in your witness during the times of the loss of a loved one. Because the one thing that's true about every person is we're all dying. Mm, yeah. Now, about half the country is Republican, half the country is Democrat. And we can argue over those kind of things, but everybody's dying. Mm. So the one need that we can point to is this, the one hope. We do grieve, but Paul says we grieve not as those without hope. Mm. We know John three sixteen is true. We know that heaven is real. So what a wonderful time to share your certainty, to point to those great promises, the gospel. Mm. The gospel's never better mm. than when we lose somebody that we love and have the chance to walk through that with people.
0: Absolutely. You know, Pastor Steve, one thing I do love is I've sat through many funerals that you have that you've led and, and the balance of what you've talked about, the 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 beauty of the person and the life they live, but then even more the beauty of Christ and, and what he has done for us. Um it does make the funeral even more special in my opinion. So um so to summarize real quick for everybody, um the question that maybe everybody's asking, just get it in one sentence, is there anything unbiblical about being cremated?
1: No, I do not believe there is, because as I said, there have been many people that have no body anyway mm. for other reasons and we're not in that body. Uh, I think there might be even reasons to consider cremation because of the financial concerns mm. but i will say that tradition has always fallen on the side of burial having walked with people when they get to see the embalmed body and and it, there's a closure that comes through our funeral process mm. that's not sometimes not there with just the cremation mm. but with that said i think it's a matter of conscience wow okay and that we ought not judge each other whichever way is chosen that's good that's good i appreciate that I uh, hope you enjoyed
0: um, this episode today. I hope it was helpful for you. For all the ones who have sent in this very question, I hope that it answered your questions. Um, if you have any more questions on this, feel free to, to email us or go to the website, youasforit.live, send in one. It might even be something that we can just personally respond to you about um, that we'd love to walk through that process with you. Just to reiterate again, if you have a question you'd like for us to address, youaskforit.live is you can go on there and you can submit your question and we love to add it to the queue. Just this week, we got four more questions that were added in. Great questions um, that we'll be tackling over the rest of this first season. Thank you for joining us and we hope you have a great day.